0: Welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode 67. I'm John McGregor, here with my co-host, Daniel Shaw. Hey, Daniel.
1: Hey, John. How are you doing today?
0: Very good. Daniel has over 15 years' experience as a U.S. infantryman. I have over 20 years' experience as a law enforcement officer. Combined, we have about 30 years of experience as firearms instructors and 32 years of experience of concealed or off-duty carry. purpose of this show is to discuss firearms, equipment, and training as it relates to self-defense. From a military, law enforcement, and civilian perspective. So, Daniel, how has, uh, well, how's it been since we've recorded together? It's been a while.
1: It has been a while. We did a couple of shows solo, and that was kind of different going solo again. But uh, I guess it came out all right.
0: Yeah, I at least had somebody intelligent to talk during my solo show. So uh, I had the easy one, I think.
1: Yeah, I guess. Hello. Oh, and it's, uh, we say infantrymen. What do I say? Uh, not not infantry man, but I do appreciate you emphasizing the man in the
0: infantry man. Well, you are a manly person, that's <laughs> for sure. Yes,
1: yeah, so what we're going to talk about today, John?
0: Well, I thought um, once we got into the meat of the show, maybe talk about a little bit of long-range pistol shooting. Although I guess it would apply long-range pretty much anything shooting, but mainly uh, I was thinking long-range pistol shooting based on that recent case in Texas. See, uh, I hadn't talked to you about it, so kind of wanted to chat with you, see what you uh, thought.
1: So basically the careful application of the fundamentals of marksmanship with whatever weapon system you are using.
0: Very good technical term, getting right into the weapon systems.
1: Yeah, that's a cool story, and that's just a it's a good example of, you know, why you should carry a gun and how, you know, sometimes uh, the police can't protect you, but you can protect them. That's definitely, it could have been a bad deal had a... Uh, Again, I had a gun, but I don't want to go into detail about it until John tells us our story.
0: Well, first, who is this, uh, who's this exciting episode going to be brought to us by?
1: Uh, well, it'll be brought to you, of course, by Ares Gear. They're makers of awesome gun belts that I am about to be the proud owner of three, that I have two right now. Talked a little about that in the last show. You know, we talked about before, we're doing uh, basically a long-term review. What's been your experience lately? With your Aries belt.
0: Well, I've uh, mine I actually have worn every day since I got the thing, and that's been... Uh, As have I. I think sometime in May, everything from doing yard work to had some outside the waistband holsters, some inside the waistband holsters, and the only wear that I find on it at all is uh, I noticed on the buckle, I ended up doing some, some dynamic prone stuff on concrete, which probably wasn't the best thing for a uh, a black colored metal buckle. Um, so it's a little dunged up there, but uh, kind of gives a little bit of character. But the actual belt itself uh, is not showing anywhere whatsoever, so no matter what I do to it, so I'm uh, real happy with it.
1: Oh, yeah, I got some good scratches on my buckle itself, too. And I, that's seasoning. I think it adds to it. It looks better like that. It just looks like it's been used, and it has that I've not only been worn with suits kind of look, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you said you have three belts? What do, what do you got going? How did you get more belts than me?
1: I have two belts because, uh, I don't know, I guess Jake thinks I'm more awesomer than you, maybe. I don't know.
0: Well, he, he must think you're an infantry man or something.
1: That must be what it is. If you'd have listened to Gunfighter Cast, the last show, I kind of explained a little bit. Maybe you should start listening to your show, John.
0: Well, it was all about those AKs, and I, I got a little drowsy, to be honest with you. It was
1: not, nothing about SIG, bla- so you didn't want to hear blacked
0: it. Blacked out with you until you were... Complaining that I don't make videos for you because I'm getting paid so much by SIG to make them, but I woke up a little bit for that, but
1: I've been thinking about giving you a hundred percent raise
0: yeah I'm holding out for two hundred percent
1: all right uh, you know it done excellent yep no we wear uh, martial arts belts uh depending on you know what level you are in the martial arts program, and uh my tan on black belt not uh, ranger belt I'm not a tan belt that's uh, the kind of the entry level he sent me my uh my green belt i am I got two more belts, brown and black. Not something that I go crazy over because, uh, long story short, I'm very jealous of the emphasis on the martial arts program over the marksmanship program. So uh, I kind of boycott it the best I can until someone yells at me and makes me belt up. So I'm a green belt, and Jake sent me a, a green belt that is the appropriate green in color. So you Marines out there who need a belt, Jake can do it. Go check out Ares gear and get you a belt that will be just fine for you to wear in
0: uniform. Now, was that a custom color or is that just the, um, like the...
1: Well, the Ranger Belt, it's typically a color on the black webbing, especially the uh, the small webbing on the larger black webbing. The Ranger Belt Enhanced, he can, he does, uh, you know, two colors, you know, you can do whatever color you want on the outside webbing and the uh, the larger belt portion, uh, you can make it whatever color that, he, you know, he has available. And so I got the green on green. So it's where our Ranger belts are tan on black. This one's just green on green, same color.
0: So that uh, the green on green would be a little bit thicker then, right? Because you got another level of coloring on the main part of the belt. And where would somebody find one of these fine belts?
1: Well, he does something to it. I mean, there's uh, he's got some kind of layer of color, but you don't really notice any a thickness addition. I'm not a belt manufacturer. I'm a belt wearer, and I don't see any difference in that in my Ranger belt you uh, where you would find those at? I would say at uh Ariesgear.com.
0: That would be a good good place to look.
1: Yeah, that's where I would go. And the third one would be the one that's en route, and that's for my wife, not for me and my skinny jeans, John.
0: Yes, I I remembered the uh the pink one. I didn't remember your uh your military belt, but that's uh that's pretty cool they you get to do that. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody um needs any belt advice, I would suggest they talk to Jake. Jake at Ariesgear.com. And if you're, uh, you know, when they tell you that uh, the belts are four weeks out, I would suggest that you do not contact Jake at jake at com before the four weeks because he's busy making belts, and he can't make them if he's answering emails.
1: Yeah, but don't uh, don't, don't get discouraged because you don't want to wait four weeks for a belt. You can go to a lot of his distributors, other companies out there that sell the Aries Gear belt, and they'll ship it right away. They're already in stock and available. Yep. So if you go straight to Aries Gear on some of your orders, uh, you may have a four-week lead time. But if you go to one of their distributors, then uh, you get the belt right away.
0: Yeah, if you're close to Sig Sauer Academy, we got a bunch of them hanging on the wall right now.
1: Yep, there you go. And while you're there, take a class with John.
0: Yeah, hey, sounds like a plan. But enough. Uh, I'm sure people want to uh, get us into the uh, the rest of the show. So um, what I wanted to talk about was, uh, like I told you, I had read that article about the. A gentleman in Texas who was a resident of a trailer park, and uh, one of his neighbors, I guess, goes crazy and shoots a couple other neighbors because the dog's crapping where it's not supposed to crap. The police get called, and, and long story short, the the bad guy's got an AR-15. The good guy police officer's got an AR-15, and he's kind of pinned down behind the car, and the bad guy's got good cover behind a tree. And uh, one of the responsible citizens in the trailer park decides to get involved and help out the situation.
1: I read Trailer Park and then I read uh it was like a Winnebago park or like something like that. I I didn't want to paint the picture that you know not that trailer parks are bad or anything. Mm-hmm. that uh you know these are you know trailer park people down south in Texas, you
0: know. Oh no, certainly not. Perhaps it was a uh <laughs> a mobile home park. Is that better?
1: There you go. All right. It's why do you hate trailers? Why do you hate people who live in trailers? I don't because
0: they tend to buy AKs. Is why I hate them and the AKs. No, I know you were <laughs> okay. going to go there. No. And, and, their, and their kids wear skinny. Yes, jeans. no, there's no hate here at all. I'm just uh, reporting the facts as uh, as I read them off the internet. Therefore, they must be true.
1: They must be facts. Yes, yeah. very factual.
0: Which uh, it kind of brings me to another point. I, I guess originally it was it was reported that the the shot that uh, he ends up making was 165 yards uh long story short he's got kind of a flanking position on the bad guy where the bad guy doesn't know he's there and so he's pretty much at a right angle so although he's the bad guy's behind a tree from the police officer's perspective he's basically got no cover from from this uh citizen with a 357 magnum and i guess it was originally po- reported at uh, he ends up taking a shot at 165 yards. And I guess that might not be, that might not be accurate. It might be 165 feet, but it, whatever the actual distance is, it's, uh, you know, he was reaching out with a pistol, uh, well, probably beyond, uh, you know, what some people might think of as that typical, uh, self-defense confrontation.
1: Yeah. And had he not had those skills and ability, uh, and the will to do so, that cop probably would have been dead, and that guy probably would have started capping more folks with that AR, the way it was looking in his mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, uh, some people, you know, kind of get, I, th- I think get a little wrapped around the axle when we talk about long-distance pistol shooting, like it's a an entirely new subset of skills. But uh, when we were, right before we came online, what did, you pretty much had a term for it. What did you call it?
1: The careful application of the fundamentals to that one? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, basically you're talking about precision shooting or the careful application of the fundamentals of marksmanship, you know, no matter what weapon system you're using.
0: Yeah, I've noticed um, you know, like I said, some people kinda think of, you know, it's long distance or, or short distance or whatever, but it really doesn't matter. It's kind of the same skill set if you are close to a target, but the target is very small. You know, you've got to use that same skill set in order to hit that small target that you would have to to hit a a larger target at a distance.
1: Oh, exactly. And if you're in a, in a situation kind of like, uh, I think his name was Vic Stacy, you know, he came out and he said he watched the gunfight for a few minutes. Uh, and he, he wanted to, you know, see what was going on. He clearly identified the cop, clearly identified the bad guy, and then made the decision that, all right, I might have to help this guy. Uh, he saw that the cop was probably about to get whacked, so, you know, he took his shot. And, you know, that's going to still be under extreme stress. He hasn't actually had rounds come in his direction. Uh, but one, he's about to take a human life. He's, there's bullets flying everywhere around the area that he lives. That's got to be scary for he's car- He's worried about the bystanders and uh, what's going to happen to him afterwards legally and, you know, emotionally and uh, psychologically. I mean, he's probably worried about a lot of things. You could tell it, you know, reading the article and, t- and listening to him. Uh, he was very reserved about doing that, so I'm sure there was definitely some, uh, you know, some of that cocktail that we talk about going through his body. But he, you know, he put his sights on the guy, and uh, whether it was 165 yards or feet, I think we'll say feet. I think that's a little bit more realistic. Not that uh, you could make a 165 yard shot with a 357, because I do believe that would be definitely doable without a doubt. Uh, considering I've shot 100 yards with a nine millimeter on many occasions and have no trouble hitting 10 inch steel targets. Mm -hmm. They had to apply the fundamentals, the same fundamentals that are applied, you know, in that very close range scenario that you might get into at a gas station or, you know, wherever else you may be. Uh, Or in your house, someone kicks the door in uh, or you come home and someone has kicked the door in and your wife's being held at gunpoint, kind of a hostage type scenario. There may be a use for those uh, precision marksmanship skills.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times we think about, uh, you know, when we try and think about what we're likely to have to do, you know, we want to think about the, you know, the typical application of, you know, you're walking down the street and somebody comes out with a gun and you, you know, throw your concealment garment away and uh, access your pistol and return fire and so forth. But, you know, I know, um, you know, a typical scenario doesn't, doesn't usually involve you're protecting a third party and you're 165 yards away at a right angle. Uh, so it was, you know, kind of interesting to read this to kind of get something else to, to kind of throw in your, you know, repertoire of, you know, possible scenarios you may find yourself in and, you know, justification for various techniques.
1: Yeah, the article doesn't go in detail about how many rounds uh, Stacy shot. It said his first round he hit the the bad guy in the thigh. Then apparently he compensated for his bullet drop because the next ones were, um, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere vital areas or at least, you know, torso area. Mm -hmm. Around that time, the uh, officer was able to advance and and put some bullets on the bad guy, too, as the bad guy became exposed when he realized he had to deal with two people shooting at him.
0: Yeah, makes it a little little bit harder to stay behind cover when two uh, incoming rods are coming at 90-degree angles.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a bad situation for him, which is what we want to have happen.
0: So it did all turn out well.
1: Where I was going with that was uh, we don't. I don't know if he missed any shots or anything. You know, he, he may not. Have, he may have put it all. He just fired four shots and he put them on there. So the First one in the thigh, the rest of them the other three in the torso. But apparently, you know, you don't just walk outside and because you watched The Matrix that day and you're able to take those shots. I mean, the guy clearly at some point in his life, probably recently, has practiced uh, and trained at being accurate with that firearm. You don't just whip it out and shoot from the hip and, uh, you know, drop somebody at 165. Definitely a skill set that needs to be practiced. But, you know, the cool thing about uh, practicing this, it's not like going out there, shooting two or three rounds, giving a non-standard response, conducting a reload, and then ending with a non-standard response. It's not, you're not using that much ammo. You can, you know, set up a still target or something and move a long ways away and practice these fundamentals at a slow pace, putting shots on target, getting that feedback of that ding of the steel or going downrange and look at your group on your your paper target uh, after a few shots. Instead of going out there and shooting for 20 minutes and spending, you know, 300 rounds, it might take you 20 minutes to fire 20 shots because you're practicing making everything perfect, doing everything consistent, doing the exact same every time, getting that tight group, you know, every shot, making every one of them count.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not, uh, you're not going to get the results you're looking for if you're just uh, spraying lead downrange. Now, do you have any? Um, so let's say I I know what I would I know how I train. Um, what what do you do to train for the long distance shots? Do you do anything in particular? Uh, what
1: are we going to call long distance right now?
0: Well, I mean, I guess you know I'm I'm kind of falling into that same kind of misnomer because it's really not so much long distance as precision precision shooting.
1: I, I use the term precision shooting or surgical. I like to think that all. Shooting that I, would, I do is precision. Just depends on the level of precision of each shot. You know, the closer the range, the less sight picture, the less sight alignment I have to have. You know, so I have the minimum amount of sight necessary to engage a target. If I'm a hundred yards away, I'm focusing a heck of a lot on perfect sight alignment and making that shot break without disturbing that sight alignment while keeping my sights on that target. You know, at at seven yards, I'm still taking a precision shot, but my acceptable precision for that shot is a lot lower than that 100-yard shot.
0: Hmm, that's kind of interesting. I I kind of have a little bit different approach. I kind of think that there's, you know, I I think I I agree with you, there's kind of a continuum about how much precision you need, but, you know, I think you got two ends of the spectrum. You've got your precision sighted fire, which relies on your visual acuity versus your target focus shooting, which relies on hand-eye coordination. You know, both of them you need to both techniques you need to execute a uh, smooth trigger press so you're not uh, upsetting the alignment of your muzzle. But it's kind of um you know, two different type of vision things, the visual acuity on the sights versus the uh the hand eye coordination looking at your target depending on, you know, if the target's big enough or you're close enough to it.
1: Well, uh, you know, I would say once you get to a certain closeness, you don't actually have to uh you know, just contact shooting and At some point when someone's right on top of you, you're in that Listerine, you know, distance from you, then uh, maybe we don't have to completely get on that front sight and Mm -hmm. not so much uh, an issue. I would still say that, you know, we're still applying a level of precision there. But uh, what we're talking about here is, you know, taking that precision or surgical shot. You know, we're, we're looking at we got one bullet. We want to put this one bullet where it counts right now. We'll worry about the next bullet doing it the exact same and as perfect as we can. On the next one, how about twenty-five, twenty-five yards? You want to call that long distance for now?
0: Yeah, I think that's usually. I mean, you know, I can't say what you guys in the military train for, but I would say in law enforcement, you know, well, we certainly do train for for longer shots with a pistol. That is usually the uh, the longer shots in a qualification course, twenty-five yards.
1: You know, the twenty-five yard line is the bulk of our point system and our uh, qualification system we do in the Marine Corps. I'm not a fan of the Marine Corps Pistol Qualification. They've just rewritten it, and uh, we should see a new one coming out here in the next year. And I'm really excited about that. we got a new targetry that's actually uh, been designed by people that have you know actually been to the fight, combined with some doctors and such who, who are very skilled in anatomy. And we've got some good point systems on the targets and stuff that think they're going to be really good. And our course of fire is a lot more driven toward what we actually do with a pistol dangerous environment. So we're getting a lot better. Right now we're kind of almost a bullseye competition. Uh is kinda of what it is. We do a little bit of stuff they call quick fire and quick reaction, but it's not much to it. But the bulk of our points is shut from the twenty five yard line. We shoot fifteen rounds in ten minutes and then we we'll go down and we will shoot uh you know a few rounds down at the seven yard line and a few rounds down at the uh at the fifteen yard line. But uh, at twenty five, you know it's we're using the Bretta, you know, M nine. And uh you're you're mm-hmm. cocking the hammer, you're firing on single action, uh at twenty five yard line, and we've got a little small circle down there, with your ten ring and your nine ring, just your basically NRA, bullseye competition target. It's it definitely requires a careful application of those fundamentals, without a doubt. I mean you can't disturb anything. Our course does a good job of teaching the fundamentals and uh, grading one's ability to apply the fundamentals. In just a pure form marksmanship setting. I would I don't even like to think to use the word tactical. Or anything like that when describing our pistol range because it's not at all, but it, it does a good. It's a good test of the ability to apply the fundamentals.
0: Like I said, that's kind of the long. Most of our qualifications, that's like the longest. I think we do uh, uh, our course. I believe is we start at about the thirty yard line. We have to run up to the twenty five, kneel, draw, and put two rounds in a uh, a body size target within twelve seconds. So the the times compressed but our target area is a lot bigger. Yeah, I mean, as long as we hit in the body anywhere, they're uh they're good hits. So we don't uh, quite focus that deep into like 10 ring shots like uh like you guys are doing.
1: Yeah. And uh, yours makes more sense. Ours is just it's without downing it too much cuz I've been complaining about it since the first time I shot it. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Uh, and a few times throughout the years, they've almost changed it. This time, it's the closest they've ever been to changing it to something good, so I'm really hoping they stay with it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, too, the thing to remember is that any qualification course really isn't training. It's just, you know, kind of a benchmark to evaluate certain skill level, but, you know, it's really not – it's trigger time, but it's not actually training.
1: Yeah. You know, when people don't qualify or they shoot very low, and I'm teaching, and I'm, I'm watching them to shoot and doing some things, Two things that are almost always the problem when you're talking about shooting at 25 yards and out. It's just sights and trigger. It's all it is sights and trigger. People start worrying about breathing, they start worrying about all kind of other stuff. If you are applying pressure to your trigger at that 25 yard line and that front sight blade is not crisp, crystal clear, you're not going to hit the center. It's just not going to happen. For your eye, may want to focus away, may want to go to something else. If you do not have 100% clarity on that front sight post as pressure is being applied to that trigger, that thing goes bang. Without you having 100% clarity, you're not going to hit. It's not going to be a good shot, ever. Of course, you got to make it go boom while maintaining that sight alignment, which you're getting because of that you know focus on the front sight post, and make that thing go boom without messing that up. Those two things, sights and trigger. That's it.
0: Yep, I uh, I couldn't agree more. When I'm you know we go into classes and uh, you know we talk about Stance, grip, sight alignment, sight picture, trigger control, breathing, follow through, all that stuff. But, you know, when you break it down, you know, the two things you need to hit the target are just like you said, your sight alignment and a smooth trigger press. And the pistol doesn't know if you're standing on one foot. You know, the pistol doesn't know if you're holding it upside down, running the trigger with your pinky finger. You know, as long as you can get that trigger back smooth to the rear while keeping the sights on target, you're gonna hit.
1: Yep, that's it.
0: You're right. So um well give me a drill. You give me a drill that uh, you would use and I'll uh I'll give you a drill that I would use for some type of training. Somebody wants to be able to hit it longer distances.
1: You know, I I would use a focus drill and that's the first thing that I think if they say you I got a thousand rounds of ammo and it's me and a target on the range. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to put a pacey. I'm going to pull out my, my, uh, you know, sharpie. I'm going to make a little dot. I'm going to do something. Or I'm just going to take one shot and then aim at that hole the next time. And I'm going to be at about three to five, maybe seven, probably around five yards from the target. And I'm just going to stand there and I'm going to put every single shot in that same hole. And that's my goal. Just taking my time, make five, ten shots, making these as perfect as possible at that distance. Do that until you're nice and comfortable, you know, do 10 rounds and then go do whatever you're going to do that day. And then at the end of the day, go back and shoot that focus drill again. That way you're starting with the careful application of the fundamentals and you're ending whatever you did that day at the range back at the most important things, sights and trigger again. So that's what I like to do on every range I go to uh, and, and most every range that I run whenever I'm, available, whenever I'm able to do that. But taking that a little bit different. Once you're golden right there at the five yard line, you know and you're you're putting them all in that and basically really close together, almost in the same hole. Back up to the ten yard line, do the same thing there. Just stay there until you you kind of got it, and then uh, you know move back to the fifteen or the twenty. Just keeping you keep working your way back, and uh, you know building your abilities. And because you will, you'll see yourself improve. You'll definitely see it.
0: Well, we. Um you know, we didn't cover what each of us were going to say for this part of the uh, the show. I was just kind of making it up. Uh, I was kind of hoping we'd actually have uh, different drills, but um, I'm tracking right exactly what you say. What we, you know, what I call it uh, is a bullet hole drill, and it's exactly like you said. We start. If I was going to start somebody, I'd do the same thing you said. Start the three yard line. And um, I wouldn't use a pasty or or Sharpie or anything. I'd let them, first round's free, just put it on the piece of cardboard. And then they've got to put four more through that hole. And, you know, we do that drill pretty often. You know, for me, that definitely translates to, you know, the same skill set I need for uh, some long-distance shooting. The other day I was doing some rifle training, and uh, we were at the 100-yard line. And, you know, just for fun, I loaded up my nine... Uh, had a nine millimeter out there, and you know, just cold, I was able to to get like eight out of twelve on a a body size plate, just you know, just without any real preparation. And I don't do a whole lot of pistol shooting at a hundred yards, but what I do do is a whole lot of bullet hole drills at three yards. So if anybody wants to get you know some long distance training at the long distance, it's you know kind of just like you were saying. Start close and work the kinks out then because if you can't hold a reasonable group at three yard line, you know, you got some rounds dropping six inches low and left or whatever at the three yard line, you're not, you're just going to be wasting ammo going back to to 25 or further at that point. You got to, one of the good things about being that close is you can kind of see what's happening and and hopefully correct it before you start moving back any further.
1: Yep. I'm with you. Good drills. You got anything else?
0: Well, one of the things we do. Like like I said, our qualification course in law enforcement don't usually go beyond the uh, the twenty five yard line. But what um, you know, what I've found is that you know we get the shooter, we get them back to twenty five, then we go back to fifty, and then we go back to seventy five, then we go back to a hundred. When it's once we've done hundred and they've seen that they can make successful shots at the hundred yard line, when we bring them back up to the twenty five, what used to be you know, what they would call the limits of their pistol work is now like hitting the broad side of a barn. You know, once you've been back there at a hundred making hits, when you come all the way back up to the 25, it's, you know, they're like gimme shots at that point.
1: And once you actually are forced to, to shoot at a, you know, a higher level of precision, then uh, you do that enough. I I think they go hand in hand, you know, I always talk about balance of precision or speed and accuracy. You know, that's where it comes in. We're talking about the distances there. We talked about, you know, Close range Listerine, breathing on each other distance speed is probably going to outrun your accuracy because you're not required a higher level of accuracy, but you are required a high level of speed. you move back to the seven yard line you know you're still going to need reasonable accuracy at the seven yard line but definitely not a hundred yard line accuracy, so your speed can go a little bit faster you know as your distance increases it depends on your your distance away of like we talked about a minute ago basically that level of precision and the level of speed you go back and The first time you shoot at 100 yards, you're going to probably take a while taking those shots. It's just going to take a while getting everything looking right, feeling right, nice trigger press, everything's good. But once you take those shots for a while, you'll see that you don't have to take forever on each shot anymore. Your speed is increasing on your shot delivery at that distance because you've gotten better at it. You've been practicing it. You find the same thing, John?
0: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say that... um you know, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, when I'm at the three-yard line trying to hit a bullet hole, it, it's, di- you know, directly transferable. Kind of feels like the same thing at the 100. In fact, I don't know why, it kind of seems like the, the 100 then becomes a little bit easier. I think, you know, kind of feel like you can go a little bit a uh, little bit quicker than the level of precision you need to put, you know, one bullet through the, the hole that's already in the cardboard.
1: Yep. Okay, Jeff. Any final thoughts on uh, precision shooting?
0: Well, I had kind of, you know, when I thought about this, uh, you know, this topic and obviously we don't script this stuff out. People listening to this can tell that we're just kind of making this up as we go along. You know, one respect, I'd kind of hope that, uh, we'd have, you know, we could bring maybe a couple different type of training philosophies, you know, how we do this because, uh, you know, we didn't compare notes beforehand, but by the same token, it, it kind of makes, uh, you know, it gives me a little bit of confidence in the methods I'm using that, you know, you're doing the same thing, you know, halfway across the world. You know, that it's, you know, we're both kind of on the same page as far as uh, what what we need to do.
1: I don't know if you should take confidence from anything that I'm doing, John.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, they, they, you know, we're on the same page as far as the training stuff goes. So either we're we're both doing it right or we are both got it totally messed up. But we'll let the listeners decide which uh, they think is the truth.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a definitely good skill to have. Go out there and practice and uh, have a good time. And then you will be you know, testing your patience and ability. Give you one little tip, shooting at that distance, don't do what we call belling out on a shot. That's what uh, I find a lot of people do. And I talked to them later on, like, why'd you shoot so low? uh oh, I did this. I was like, I bet you did this right here on a few shots. They're always like, yeah, dude, I exactly, do it all the time. Basically, whenever you're out there at 100 yards or 25 or 50, and you're working on that side alignment. You're, everything looks good. You're applying pressure to the trigger. And then you lose it. And then you get it back. And then you lose it. Eventually people are like, you know what? Screw it. Sights look good. Go down range now. <laughs> Bang. And they're belling out on the shot. They quit on that shot. And when you do that, you're never. it's never going to be a good shot. Don't bail out on your shots. You'll see that happen. They're just,
0: just getting it done. And definitely if you, can, uh, if you can get yourself a nice steel plate, at, uh, you know, 50, 75, 100 yards or whatever. It is more satisfactory, I think, to, you know, let it go and hear that little ring of steel a couple, or uh, not that long, but half a second later or whatever. It's a little more satisfying than necessarily hitting cardboard at three yards and making small groups. It is fun, so go out and do it.
1: Yep. There's also something to be said about having to walk 100 yards to go look at your paper target. Because now your feedback, you don't want to just go out there and take shots like crazy. Because your feedback takes you, you know, physical energy to go get. So uh, shooting the steel it's like, yeah. So what? I missed. I'll just take another one. If that makes yeah, sense. That's a good point. It does to me and my laziness, I guess.
0: Hmm. Yep. You're hoping that when you complete that hundred yard walk, there's some holes in the cardboard where you anticipate them.
1: Hopefully, yes. That's the that's the hope.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've talked this one. Into the ground. All right. What else we have?
1: Well, I'm going to be back in the U.S. of A. Here in about two and a half months. For good. And uh, I will be living in North Carolina. Camp Lejeune. That we used to call Lejeune, but now somehow they found a I don't know. That's it's a Lejeune. But uh, I'll be moving there. And uh, I'll be there around November. And I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it'll be good to... Uh have you back? It'll be good to ha- actually have both of us in the same time zone. I think that'll make things a little easier, just from a purely selfish perspective for me.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's going to be easier for me. I can't wait. It's going to be great uh, being in the same time zone. Access to firearms. That means I got. I've already got plans. Writing stuff down for like videos and all this other stuff. Working on going and getting my uh, license to go teach concealed carry, and then. Uh, Hopefully, in the near future, you know, bust into some basic and intermediate, you know, work my way up to some advanced stuff, uh, pistol and rifle stuff. And I'm hoping to do that. I even got some contacts up there that uh, might have me a little training crew and stuff. Just got to put something together. So I-, I might be competing with Six Hour Academy here in about twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the plan right now. You know, just to just to do something. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's plenty of uh, plenty of students out there. A lot of people yep. getting the training, which is nice.
1: Of course, the AK that's coming. What do you got going on?
0: Let's see. No,
1: no, nobody knows you, John. Let, let people know you. Let them
0: know you. Yeah, I'm I'm an enigma, actually.
1: Stop being the gray man.
0: Well, I get. Um, let's see. Some things have been going on. Jason Christensen from Concealment Solutions has been helping me on a uh, micro gun project I'm working on, putting together. Um, I've had uh, one kind of level using the the smaller pistols for a class I put on, created and put on at SIG. And uh, now getting ready to do an advanced one in October, where the first one kind of deals with the the small pistol is, you know, you decide that that's what you're going to carry for your primary based on, you know, your your dress or whatever you got to carry. You you can't carry as much gun as you like. This one going to focus more on alternate modes of carry things like uh ankle rigs and belly bands and so forth and more more the application of having it as a uh a backup or a secondary so should be interesting and um jason's been helping me with some some holsters for that class putting stuff together
1: cool so that class has been pretty popular then huh
0: uh, i've run two of them two of them so far and uh we're pretty much uh, full up as far as available dates at Sig, so I won't be getting. There won't be another level one until uh, next year, but I got a level two coming up. Uh, other than that, uh, just working, uh, you know, get the the full time job, the part time job, and uh, I don't know if you call this a job or not, but it takes a, some time every now and then.
1: Yeah, well, when you are not making videos for Sig,
0: yeah, you know, you know when uh, you know when they start. Throwing around that many zeros, I just can't say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't a one in front of any of the zeros. It was yeah, just the, the zeros. But but yeah, no. Um, it's definitely nothing as high speed as uh, you know your videos that you're putting together there. The uh,
1: oh yeah, mine are really high speed. I I prefer audio much over video any day. It's so much easier to edit, and I don't look like a complete idiot when I'm on on a
0: audio recording. <laughs> <laughs> No, we just got to get some fancy, uh, fancy artwork and some. If two of us could be in the same place at the same time, we could uh, probably do something a little more exciting with the videos. Oh
1: yeah, it'll all oh, come yeah. in due That's time. Plant too. Uh, speaking of artwork, if you listen to the Gun Dudes, you know Tommy's biggest fan, Noah Lopez. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Noah last time I flew into California, bringing getting my son and bringing him back over here to the Okinawa. His brothers picked me up, and uh, some of their friends picked me up at Sacramento Airport, saved me 100 bucks. stopped at in and out Burger, hung out with them, found out Noah was at the house, couldn't come, so we went by the house to see him. And I had an awesome time meeting those guys, and they, they drove me to uh, Travis Air Force Base for me to catch my next flight. Noah is uh, helping us out with our graphics. He's just officially been hired, and I'll pay him probably as much as I'm paying you, John. Whoa. Uh, as a,
0: Where do you get you know, all this money?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just happens. Uh must be all the donations. Mm-hmm. Which we did get one recently. Thanks. Yeah, but did Noah's hooking us up and uh he's uh, our official graphic designer for Gunfighter Cast. So thanks for that help, Noah.
0: I really appreciate it. Yeah, you kinda reminded me I've been uh been chatting with, with uh Tommy from the Gun Dudes a little bit. I don't know if you noticed in their, their latest episode, but he's I think he's drank the Kool Aid for Sig. He's talking up the SIGs on the show now, so
1: yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, you were talking about when you came on the show and you started being the host and our co-host. And I said I wanted a Sig P two two six. What does Tommy go out and buy? Like the next Gun Dudes episode?
0: Yeah, well, that's true.
1: A Sig P two two six. Yeah,
0: Jason Christensen's got one as well.
1: Well, Jason's kind of his own person.
0: Yeah, they've got. Um, it sounds like they've got some law enforcement trade-ins, though. The one uh, when you get back, they'll. The the one you're looking at will be a little, a few more bells and whistles, I think, but still.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm looking at that one for, like, next month. Yeah,
0: You really can't go wrong with some of those law enforcement trade-ins, though. The uh, the price versus how many rounds have actually been fired through some of those guns sometimes. It's not a whole lot.
1: Oh, yeah. What you're getting for the money. It's awesome. Yep. And you not just sitting, you know, a lot of guns out there.
0: Oh, yeah. That's pretty much, you know, kind of a universal kind of if you can get law enforcement trade-ins. I know, um, you know. The last time we traded in some guns, we had, we had some that had never even been fired before. They were just spares that, you know, as a testament to fine Sig quality. We never needed them. A little bit of tongue and cheek there, but uh, ah. they didn't. Uh, yeah, we didn't. We had a bunch that we never had to even use, so we ended up having to trade them in. So hopefully somebody got to take advantage of uh, getting a brand new Sig at a used price.
1: Um, you could have told me about that.
0: Yeah, if I was smart I would have taken advantage of it myself. Yeah. But again, if I was smart I'd be in a better contract with this uh podcasting thing. I would <laughs> negotiate <laughs> yeah, a too. better salary. Yep. We'll work on that. Yeah. Hey, what about um we don't wanna we don't wanna go without uh discussing the Freedoms Network, of course.
1: How do we forget that? Blanchard Media Group. We're part of the Blanchard Media Group, and you can find us, our forums, over at the Freedoms Network. It's kind of our, our forum section for the Blanchard Media Group. You know, we don't have one on our page. Uh, we don't want one. We'll just direct you there to the uh, Blanchard Media Group, and it's kind of, kind of like a Facebook thing. I know I'm asking you one more place for you to go to add, make an account and add an email and a username and password and all that stuff, but it really is a, a good place to go over there and interact with uh a lot of good content providers over there, you know, bloggers and other podcasters over there, some really good stuff. So go check it out at uh, freedomsnetwork.com. freedomsnetwork dot com. I'll throw a link in the show notes and we'll put a new one up on Facebook here real soon. There's a, f- a section over there, you go to groups and you add and you join Gunfighter Cast group. Feel free to join the other groups there too. And just uh begin to become engaged in the discussions there. Start new ones and uh you know future show topics. Whatever it is you want to talk about, John and I are on there. I get an email anytime there's a post on there, so I uh, will jump right over there and, and check it out and you know respond to you. And I'm sure John will do the same.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like Facebook, only you don't have all kinds of invitations to play words with friends. It's just uh, it's just the good stuff without the uh, which is a great game. By the way, oh, all right, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's uh, very heavily moderated. No people over there, you know, giving you a hard time or anything. You know, we we take care of that stuff real quick. Just full of people like us, you
0: know. And uh, right. speaking of Ken Blanchard, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, I've been you know picking up, listening to the uh, the Urban Shooter podcast recently, and I just figured out that that's actually Ken who sings all those songs on that. Did you realize that? Yeah. Ah, see, I I wasn't that really? quick on the uptake. So uh, how, really, how come you're not? Like gonna sing a song or something. You know what?
1: I, I meant to ask something about. It. Like I knew it was Ken the whole time because he's talked about singing a song. I don't know how you could listen to a single show and not realize it's Ken. I think that may say something about your intelligence, John.
0: I didn't last long uh, in detectives, I, there, so there may <laughs> there may be a correlation there.
1: It <laughs> could be. But I was I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, what? Where when, when are you gonna sing?
0: I don't know. We're just not cultured. We don't sing. We don't rate cigars or pair with you know drinks or anything. I don't know. We're just... Uh,
1: we should do a fundraiser.
0: Barbarians, I guess.
1: We should do a fundraiser whenever uh, I get back. Send us an email or post on Facebook. You guys listen and uh, tell them if you like this idea. We'll do a fundraiser that involves John singing Call Me Maybe. Hmm. If we get some good feedback on it, What do you think, John?
0: Um, I think the chances of that happening are slim and none, and Slim just left town.
1: Okay. What if we do it at the same time? Well, Still slim to none?
0: Uh as yeah, as uh, horrible as you're, as that would you're no fun, John. as you're horrible no fun. as that would be, um, I think more appropriate uh, more because appropriate 'cause 'cause call me maybe or whatever hasn't really uh been a recurring theme in our show. However, Daniel Shaw in skinny jeans has been a recurring theme and perhaps that with the uh, the well placed pink Aries gear belt You know, maybe that's something that people could get behind and support and raise money for a good cause.
1: You know what? Maybe we'll give some money to Gary's Denise Foundation. If you'll sing Call Me Maybe, and I'll wear skinny jeans with a pink Aries belt. (laughs) Come on.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to have to edit all this stuff out of the show. No, it's going in the show. It's going in. Send your
1: your feedback on this. How much money would you give to see John singing Call Me Maybe? Oh, see, so so now now I'm doing a
0: music video as well.
1: Yes, it's been a video the whole time. Had you been a better detective, you would have heard me say that at the beginning of the conversation.
0: Oh, dear. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, uh, go, we better stop. Yeah, buy the uh, Gunfighter Cast app. I don't get anything from it, but Daniel does, and he pretty <laughs> much supports the the whole show financially. I do nothing but uh, but talk to him. So if you haven't already bought that uh, iPhone app, go out there and buy it. He needs...
1: Got it. If you like, I'll give you half of this month's. No,
0: no, I money. don't. I don't want I'm not in this for the money, obviously.
1: You'll get about seven and a half dollars.
0: Yeah. And you know what, uh another way that uh, people could help us out that wouldn't cost you anything is if you uh if you are an iTunes subscriber, uh you know if you wouldn't mind going in there, give us a review. Is you know, I guess the more uh, more reviews you get, more exposure you get on iTunes, therefore the audience grows, and so that's one way to help us out for absolutely nothing.
1: Yep, that's definitely it. And you can donate on the GunfighterCast page at uh, GunfighterCast.com. There's a donate button uh, if you're inclined to do so. Uh, you know, it always does help. But yeah, uh, you know, we don't like to ask for it or anything. But if you feel like doing it, by all means, uh, it'd be very welcome. Uh, another way to help without spending a dime order a Ares, or a Dime with Us, order an Ares gear belt, or uh, just post on their Facebook page and let them know that, uh, you know, you heard about them through Gunfighter Cast. and if you do make an order there, or at any other place that, you know, we talked about on the show, tell them you heard about them here, or you heard about their product on uh, Gunfighter Cast. i Even if they're not a show sponsor, you know, maybe someday they, they will be.
0: Yes, go and buy a belt, an Aries gear belt. Won't go wrong.
1: Nah, if you won't at all. You're going to be really happy with that belt. You'll You'll feel cool wearing it. Sometimes I was I, sometimes I don't wear my mountain hardware pants anymore because they don't have belt loops because I want to wear my Aries gear belt. So like I I have to dress better now.
0: Mountain wear my mountain belt. hardware pants don't have belt loops. Uh
1: the ones I don't have, they don't have belt loops. They're uh yeah. like hiking pants, little almost like wind pants. Wow. Yeah, mine don't I don't, I don't have belt loops.
0: I'm learning a lot this show. This has been educational. i um, I'm learning you listen to the same music my daughters do. <laughs> oh, wow wow
1: we're gonna talk off the air
0: <laughs> this is it this is my last show and you're gonna cut my pay and-
1: <laughs> yeah i've cut your pay you, you just took a pay cut no <laughs> that 200 percent raise yeah. you Nope, know, just gone
0: yeah go listen uh i'm sure you are already go listen to gun dudes um a lot of good stuff over there nothing factual but it's entertaining
1: yeah the unnamed trucker yeah. To listen to uh the Road Gunner Podcast. That's that's just always a fun show. And uh of course the Urban Shooter Podcast with Kim Blanchard.
0: Mm-hmm. Where he sings and rates cigars now.
1: Hey, You know, because of the Pro Gun Variety Show, because that's what it is. You do get a variety. You don't get sucked into one boring thing like shooting guns at distance, like on Gunfighter Cast. Mm-hmm. If you get tired of hearing about shooting guns, you're gonna hear about a cigar. You get tired of hearing about cigar, you're gonna hear hear him sing like cat scratch scratch fever or something. Yes. It's uh it it's out of control. Good times.
0: Yeah, a little life in the fast lane on the last episode. So it's yeah, yeah, heard he that is one. he is talented. Well, I yeah, guess other than that, uh we'll let uh we'll let the listeners off the hook here by telling them to uh join the NRA, Second Amendment Foundation, and some local firearms groups in your area if you uh prefer. And uh I guess last thing would be uh if you have any questions, comments, or would like to suggest future show topics, you can email us at Daniel at gunfightercast.com or John at gunfightercast.com. Daniel and
1: or Ian. You can oh. call me maybe.
0: Maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else. All right. Uh everybody, uh till next time, be safe. All right, Gunfightercast out. Oh, what have you done?